Hello and welcome to the Personal Development School podcast. I'm your host, Thais Gibson, and I create regular podcast episodes to teach you about your relationships, attachment style, and the subconscious mind. My goal of this podcast is to give you tools and awareness you need to thrive in your relationships, feel deeply connected, and find harmony and fulfillment in your relationships and personal life. So I hope you tune in here with me each and every week. So one of the most common questions I receive all the time inside PDS is why do I find myself doubting myself all the time and even going so far as to feeling like I'm disconnected from my intuition and gaslighting myself. So in this video, I'm going to cover why you might find yourself gaslighting yourself and your own feelings and thoughts and opinions and needs. And we're going to talk about the root causes of this and also some really important things that you can take action towards to improve this. And some of the most common causes for this are number one, you are gaslit frequently in childhood. And this can be direct gaslighting where you were constantly made to um, you know, believe that something happened other than it did, or it can be indirect gaslighting. And this is the much more common experience. So let's say for example, okay, that a parent, that a child grew up with a parent who was a covert narcissist in the household. One of the major common themes you'll see with covert narcissism is that you are constantly questioning yourself and your reality because something doesn't feel right. And yet it's presenting as if everything is right. So let's say, for example, that, you know, the child grows up in this household and the parent is behaving in a really unhealthy in you know, destructive manner where perhaps the parent is drinking too much or is being really verbally abusive. You know, when the child expresses hurt or pain, that reality for the child might be really glossed over. Like, oh, you know, you're making too big of a deal out of these things. You're too sensitive. That's really the problem. So you'll see these dynamics and that's quite direct gaslighting, right? That's like really um, direct and clear that you're being made to self-doubt and self-question. But a, a more indirect form with a covert narcissist could be that you are in a household where there's a lot of unhealthy dynamics that are transpiring. And yet, despite knowing and feeling like your household is unhealthy, healthy. If you feel like you were supposed to explain it to somebody, explain the rocky dynamics, explain how uncomfortable things feel or how strange things feel on a regular basis, you don't really know where to start because to the outside world, the family presents itself as if it's a really healthy, united dynamic. And maybe you're even shamed on a regular basis for expressing different things about the family to friends. So if you're a young child or maybe you grow up, you're in high school and you say, you know, things aren't going very well at home. And, you know, that word gets back to a teacher that then goes back to a parent. The parent, rather than inquiring to see why you're feeling that way and to express empathy and care for that situation, might instead proceed to shame you for sharing family business outside of the household. So we'll see these like versions of more direct gaslighting and then these indirect ways somebody can experience their reality being gaslit. And a lot of these things, guess what they're doing? Because we talk so much on this channel about the subconscious mind and the impact of the subconscious mind and how the subconscious mind is impacted and imprinted through repetition plus emotion. Constant repetition and emotion essentially have a huge part in firing and wiring neural pathways and, and creating neural networks. So you can actually pick up 
on, if you're constantly doubting and questioning your reality, that becomes your subconscious comfort zone. That becomes what you bring out. Like, let's say you leave the household and let's say you fast forward, you know, decades. If you haven't done subconscious reprogramming on self-doubt, on your self-esteem, this is one major theme. There's a lot of other ones. But if you haven't done a lot of reconditioning of this self-doubting all the time, of the questioning your reality, that's your programming that you're going to bring out into the world with you, into the workplace, into your future relationships, into your friendships, still into your family relationships when you go back and spend time around them. So this is really important to pay attention to. Lots of questioning your own reality because you're conditioned to feel that way from the outside world is going to lead to a lot of taking that with you everywhere you go and being in a space of self gaslighting because it's your subconscious comfort zone. Point number two, and there's a few really big things we have to cover. When you grow up in an unhealthy household, because it's not just narcissism or covert narcissism, it's these are not the only things, of course, those are really clear examples. But if you grow up in a household where there's just a lot of chaos, for example, and you have to go into survival mode to just survive and deal with the chaos at home. One of the big byproducts of that is that you get really out of touch with your own needs. You can't deal with your own needs from a perspective of like, oh, I need encouragement or validation or presence or, you know, I need, and not presence like P-R-E-S-E-N-T-S, but presence like P-R-E-S-E-N-C-E, right? Like presence from a caregiver. Um, you don't have room to express those higher level needs that you have as a human being because you're in your survival needs, right? You just need the boat not to be rocked, the chaos to go away, baseline safety. And so you may only really connect to those needs of like safety and comfort because you're constantly feeling unsafe and uncomfortable. And so the more out of touch with your needs you are, the more confusing your life is going to feel. The more you're going to doubt yourself because you don't know who you are and what you want. One of the most common manifestations of this too is like, if I don't know what I want, let's pretend as a career, then I don't know what opportunities that may come into my life. Or if I'm going to go fill out job applications, let's pretend I don't know what to say yes and no to. So I'm going to constantly feel confused and, and disoriented and doubt myself because I'm not in touch with my baseline needs. I don't, I don't know what I need as a human being, and I haven't done that introspection and reflection. So it's so much easier to be gaslit by others, but also to just gaslight myself into, yeah, I think this is the thing I want to do. And then later to realize like, hey, that's actually not a part of my reality and what I wanted. And maybe I got swayed there from, you know, somebody else's opinion in my life and then said, oh, you know, their opinion's probably right. And I just gaslight my own feelings about something because if I'm not in touch with myself, it's hard to tell, right? So that's big point number two. Point number three is, and this goes hand in hand if you're connect, disconnected with your, your needs, is if you're disconnected from your own feelings. It, a very common manifestation of a lot of chaos in the home, a lot of fears, you know, growing up, it can be the AP fear of abandonment all the time. Or, you know, if you in fact did have a really unhealthy parent or set of caregivers who maybe did struggle with some sort of personality disorder, a really common manifestation is to be out of touch with your own feelings. If you are constantly having to navigate the feelings of others, or if you're in an enmeshed or codependent dynamic with a lot of chaos, you may find yourself being so focused on feelings of others that you disconnect from your own feelings. And it's hard to really tell what you're feeling. And the less connected you are to your own feelings, 
the, again, the easier it is to accidentally gaslight yourself because you might feel a certain way about a topic or a belief or an idea, but then you might have a friend who says, no, 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 that's not right. It has to be this way. And if you're disconnected enough from your own feelings, you don't, feelings are your guidance signals, right? They're letting you know when something is in alignment or out of alignment for you. And so you may be like, oh, okay, if I'm disconnected from my own feelings, what they're saying, okay, I'm going to buy into that because that person sounds certain. And I don't really know how I feel about this topic or idea. So again, another major way that here you're on a track to self-gaslighting. By the way, as we go through a whole bunch of this, because um, we still have a cut, we have three more big things to cover in here. Um, if you want to do a deeper dive into recovering from these types of patterns, we have a huge course in PDS that you can go through. It really will help you recondition these things in a really fast period of time. And it's called overcoming narcissistic abuse. This is if you grew up in any sort of household with a narcissistic parent, or if you're coming out of a past romantic relationship where there was narcissism from a partner, it really tackles all these things in a tremendous amount of detail. And there's a big sort of focus area on gaslighting and learning to rebuild trust. If you just struggle with self-trust in general, but didn't have any experience with narcissism, you know, for any of these other reasons we're talking about that. That's why you're struggling to self-trust. We have a course for that too. Feel free to check that out. So I have some really exciting news and it's that integrated attachment theory training is back. In other words, you can be trained to become a relationship coach certified in integrated attachment theory in literally 60 days. So who's this for? Well, of course, this is for any individual who wants to make an impact and really be of service to others while also obtaining freedom and flexibility and abundance in their lives. And this is also for anybody who's already a counselor, a therapist, a coach, and just really wants to expand their toolkit. We've had so many people enter into the Integrated Attachment Theory program because they're just looking to obtain a certain degree of mastery in terms of understanding their own attachment patterns and also the attachment patterns of maybe their children or partner or other loved ones in their lives so they can really support those people and understand them more deeply. Now, please keep in mind that the last two times we ran this program, we filled up very fast. In fact, we oversold the programs and sold up completely. So if you're interested, click the link below to learn more and dive in with me. And I'd love to see you on the other side before seats run out. Our next big piece here is if you are in a position where you have been, you've had your boundaries negatively reinforced in your childhood or upbringing, going to be a self-gaslighter, like, you know, not, not conclusively, but if you have been taught that your boundaries, when you set boundaries, so I'll give you some examples of this. Let's say you grew up as a child and you have a really authoritarian parent. Okay. They're really strict. They're really controlling. They're really intense. And let's say when you try to say no to something, it's the parent's way or the highway. So you get punished, right? You get shamed, criticized, spanked, whatever the punishment is in the home. And you get punished for saying no right? It ha how dare you defy that parent, right? Who's the authoritarian sort of role model. So what happens is you get negative emotional associations to your own boundaries. You learn, okay, my boundaries are unsafe. My boundaries get me punished. Other variations of this could be if you're an AP, you're like, oh, my boundaries might get me abandoned. I don't want to do anything that's going to cause separation and lose proximity between myself and a caregiver. So in that case, you might find yourself getting your boundaries negatively re reinforced through the fear of being abandoned or through fe feeling like your boundaries are literally unsafe. And so 
when your boundaries are negatively reinforced, guess what happens? You go into the world thinking you can't have boundaries because there will be negative consequences because that's how you've been conditioned. And thus, these are your subconscious programs you're carrying. And so then when you try to go into relationships or connect with other people and, and you have a no, something's a no for you, you may repress your no in favor of people pleasing to avoid feeling unsafe or getting punished. And so, you know, or avoid being abandoned or whatever your fear is based on your attachment style. So then you are more likely to get into a position where you're like, okay, so this person wants me to do this. I don't feel comfortable doing this, but you repress that signal that says, I don't feel comfortable. And you make that person right. You make yourself wrong. And this becomes a form of self-gaslighting. So all these things are, you know, they have such a big impact, right? You can see how all these things sort of impact us over time. Now, Another big piece that can happen here is if we don't have healthy communication modeled and we don't know how to communicate our needs, we can easily get caught up in this idea of going, oh, the person doesn't understand my needs. They're not that important, right? So we can deprioritize our needs. And yet another manifestation is if, if we struggle with boundaries as well and knowing our needs and being able to communicate them, we can just become chronic people pleasers. Chronic people pleasers are in a way gaslighting this themselves and their ability to consider themselves and others equally, right? If I'm constantly people pleasing, I'm making somebody else more important at the expense of myself. And it's not supposed to be that you are always more important than others. It's supposed to be that we take ourselves and others into like this healthy, equal consideration. Let's say, for example, that a neighbor comes over and they say, hey, I need you to come over tomorrow and clean my whole garden. I need help. Uh, you know, clear my whole garden, pluck all the weeds, whatever it might be. And let's say for me, I have a full busy day the next day. And that's really hard for me, you know, rather than gaslighting what my needs are, my boundaries are, if I just, I'm terrified of saying no. And I'm like, okay, you know what? I have a whole bunch of stuff to do tomorrow, but it can wait, I guess. And I'll just go help them because it sounds like it's important. And like in that is an inherent degree of self-gaslighting because I, I, totally contorted my reality into nothingness, made it unreasonable, made it wrong, made my needs not a priority, diminished them, put them down, totally violated my own boundaries and, and said, oh, this person needs something. They must be right. They It has to be their way, not my way. There's no room for, for me to take up space. And if somebody was doing that to you in a relationship all the time, I mean, it has a similar sort of feeling or output. And and over time, that causes a lot of issues, right? A healthier response would be something like this. The person comes over, they say, I need help. I really need your help tomorrow. Come tomorrow. It has to take the whole day to, to do the garden. And I might say, hey, you know, tomorrow I've got a really busy day. I, I'm not available to spend the whole day. I wish I could help you more. What I can do is stop by for 30 minutes at the end of my day if I finish my work on time. And, you know, maybe you can ask some other neighbors in the neighborhood and see if they can contribute as well. And so I'm able to see myself and what I can do, what I am available for and say, hey, I have 30 minutes. Here's some other suggestions. That's what I can do. And I can still contribute and be of service, but in a way that takes their needs into consideration, but also my own. So when we grow up in environments or we have tumultuous relationships that condition these things out of us that, you know, take away 
our ability to be in touch with our needs, take away our ability to be in touch with our feelings, negatively reinforce our boundaries in the world, right? Disconnect us from our sense of self. Show us that communication is not okay. It's not appropriate to communicate your needs or to take up space. And if we get into the space of chronic self-doubt because it's our programming, because this is, you know, our conditioned environment internally is to gaslight because we were gaslit in those more extreme examples, then these major features are going to be things that impact us profoundly and make us have difficulty out in the world. So, you know, again, if you want to do a deep dive into this stuff, it's rebuilding inner self-trust. But that whole course that I was mentioning earlier around repairing self-trust, so much of repairing self-trust has to do with knowing myself and my needs, making space to communicate them, allowing myself to take up space, having boundaries so I can have my own back, getting in touch with my feelings because they navigate my truth, right? They give me feedback about what my yeses and nos are, what feels comfortable or not comfortable. Learn to communicate these things. All these things that we've talked about have such an impact on repairing that self-trust so that we can get into relationship to ourselves, not be in chronic gaslighting and feel more fulfilled, more confident and more rooted in our sense of self from there. Again, if you want to learn more, check out that course. It's very detailed. 